Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a fantasy and user experience podcast. Each episode, your podcast hosts, Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield, will examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, mobile games, and video games. You can find every episode, including this one, on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com. Yeah, I, I'm always fascinated on the Olympics. I'm always fascinated about where they choose to, like, where it's going. And, you know, it's spitted out, like, 10 years in advance, like, eight Olympics forward. And I think in 2028, it comes back to the U.S. It'll be in L.A. Um, and then I, I'm always, uh, you know, as a designer, part of me is always excited by the you know what fonts are they using and they chose they change the logo each year and then they have like a character that they make and a logo for both the olympics and the paralympics and and i you know i think personally like the the olympic branding and their website their web app and experience is always um the cream of the crop when it comes to what is the future of like web design or what's happening right now right what wait yeah really i'm gonna have to look this up now their websites are phenomenal, you know, and I think um, NBC's, you know, they always kind of throw up one. Um, I <laughs> feel like theirs is always going to be like uh, just like the most responsive, the coolest, you know, just just great with content. But then that's NBCOlympics.com. But then there's also, you know, the, the core Olympics.com, which is actually by the Olympics committee. Um and so um, I'm just always kind of impressed about how you can search it and, and then also how it's implemented like as it trickles down, right? So if you have like a Roku TV, right, you can go onto a Roku TV and it has like iconography for all the sports. So you can actually go to an Olympic section and then you can just go to like gymnastics or sailing or, um, or whatever. And uh, you can then get those highlight videos and content. So it's like it's a lot. It's like... I think they say it's like 17,000 hours of content um, that's recorded, that's baked into those 17 days that is the Olympics. And then it's just how it's routed out to YouTube. And then now streaming services is a huge part because mm-hmm. what NBC is doing with Peacock and there's now a Peacock Plus, which is their premium subscription. So you can watch the replays and the recaps, which are very... They're very constructed and they're very like, here's Lester Holt or Hoda Katab or like someone just like framing it and telling you. And But if you don't want to watch them, you can go to the live streaming. But of course, it's in Tokyo, so you'd have to watch it at four in the morning, you know, to get to the live streaming. But then to get the live streaming access... There are, you have to have like a cable network and you have to have like all of the ESPN channels or the NBC sports channels. And it's just like this big to do. And it's a lot of media, a lot of backstories, and it's just like planned years in advance. Um, And so I'm always impressed, you know, with how it's reached and how, you know, kind of what all it touches media web wise Um, and game wise too. And, uh, but. Uh, I know that there is a lot of Reddit and Twitter anger out there because, once again, what people are reminded of is, you know, that NBC is kind of bought, paid for like $1.7 billion, all the U.S. rights for airing, right? And so they have total control of what we see in the States. And there are literally 
very few options um, to see um, it, if you don't go through NBC, you know. Planning out and putting together the, the Olympic design is one of the biggest design projects historically every four years you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you know design professionals um not to mention you know what you have to imagine is a like a bible of like you know design patterns that have to um well i don't know if they have to be like honored by or trickled down through all the different streaming services through all the different websites because the other thing that like is true about the olympics.com is that it like parts of it has modules that can be pulled into other news sites in the same way that uh, I think of NPR where there's, you know, an NPR grandparent website, but there's all these other individual local public radio stations that are NPR affiliates or pull in NPR programming. And that all comes down through, you know, these, you know, this kind of like modular design, both in terms of like look and feel, but also in terms of the technology about how they pull it into their websites. And the Olympics looks like it's doing the exact same thing. And I just did a cursory um, search and I found um, like whole pattern libraries of the previous Olympics, which mm -hmm. is fascinating. And also, of course, like Reddit is going nuts about um, uh the bad UX of, <laughs> of the Olympics, um, uh, at least on the UX design subreddit, I guess, because I guess they're doing some like really cool things or arg arguably cool, quote, end quote, scare quote, cruel, cool, or cool um, things about like projecting speeds and scores and, and stuff like that onto the event itself as they're happening in the same way that like Monday night football does, you know, or, uh, Exactly. Um, and then if you're watching it and you're like, hey, I just want to ch check out, or I just want to watch the opening ceremony, like every couple of minutes, like you're slammed with all of these plugins for NBC's fall lineup um, or um, shows that are only available on Peacock. Or, and so I feel like, like the UI is like amazing, right? The UI as it extends to like YouTube and Peacock and and NBC or Olympics.com is great. It works, the patterns are there. However, it's the service that people, that I think is the total disconnect for people. Because what people want, right, the user experience here, um, the exp what the expectation is, is me as an average whoever in the world, I'm, let's say I'm super interested in skateboarding. Um, which I don't, is new this year in the Olympics. Um, and I just wanna go, somewhere on my web, on my PlayStation, on my computer, on my phone, whatever, and watch, um, I just want to see the finals, you know, or I just want to see the qualifiers, or I want to see the, and so what people, the expectation is on that part of the user is always the same every, it's not every four years, it's every two years, because the Winter Olympics are exactly the same way, um, that, hey, I just want to go and watch what I want to watch. Um, and if it happens to be live right now, I'll watch it live. But if it's already happened, I just want to be able to watch that feed, 
you know, and fast forward and rewind in it. It's the same mechanics that we get with a DVR that you have like on Comcast or something, or if you have Hulu or YouTube or Netflix, you know, the user wants to be able to go through and, you know, kind of um, just go to the part they want to see or go to the content they want to see. But there are so many obfuscations and layers where it's like, NBC's like, we're going to create all this content and backstories of athletes, and then uh. we're going to do these solo side stories, and then we're going to do these individual, like, um, wrap-up stories, or we're going to do all this. Um, and it's just not what people want. And it's the same every two years, every four years, if you're a summer or a winter Olympics person. And it's always the same. And the only way to get that experience that you want is to pay for it and pay a lot. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I only learned. I, I feel I feel awful admitted, admitting this, but I only learned there were even Olympia. Sorry, Olympics pay-per-view options this year, because frankly, um, as as you know, as long as it takes to hit my radar with this kind of stuff. A lot of, you know, the people I follow were griping about the cost of the pay-per-view. And I legit had no idea you had to pay-per-view the Olympics. If if that sounds weird, because like growing up, it's always been, you know, public access television or something like that. Um, It's changed definitely over time. Right. And then the other piece of it, it's always complicated when it's, you know, depending on where it is in the world, you know, and then when it was Sochi for the last winter Olympics, like it all happened in the morning. Like you you had to get up at 6 a.m. or you had to have the only option really was which, you know, NBC is a company that's owned by Comcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to go to Comcast. That is literally the cream of the crop. You have to have Comcast cable, you have to have a DVR, and you have to have all of NBC and ESPN Sports. That is legitimately the only way that you can watch anything and everything whenever you want and fast forward and rewind and go to it. They have that locked down. That is the only way to wow. to experience it in the way that everyone expects and how it should be. Sure. Uh, there's just, you have to pay and you have to go through um, that forced content. And it's Oof. just, it's so off-putting, right? It's so off-putting. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I just happened to find um, a... Uh, a discussion about like the jobs to be done of providing an Olympic, I guess an Olympic level Olympics experience. Um, and I kind of want to run these by you to sound if this sounds right. And if you were to mm-hmm. imagine, you know, like if, if this were your job, if you were, you know, King Olympic design um, and it was your job to provide this service, these would be the jobs presumably that your users have and I wanted to run through this just to get your thoughts, but also because I think it illustrates the difficulty in terms of the design challenge here, um, particularly because these jobs are going to be very subjective uh, as I describe them. So here they go. First, the big one. Watching the big events live in crisp and clear coverage without buffering. There's a little like subthread here about how interesting it is that the idea of buffering or any kind of lag um, 
within the last 10 years was pretty reasonable, but we are now at a point where, um, given, given the popularity of streaming services, um, and how robust that infrastructure is now that lag, um, is now in 20 in the 21st century deemed unacceptable, um, for an event of this magnitude. Does that ring true? I agree. Yeah, that's an infrastructure thing. It's, yeah. it's kind of like we have. It's a convention. You get, you know, like if, if you can, if you can stream, you know, the latest uh, Black Widow, <laughs> like through Disney Plus or whatever. Um, maybe it's not the same thing because it's not being filmed real time. But the idea is that the street now everybody, not everybody, but many people um, have n number of streaming services in their house. And for mm-hmm. the Olympics to, you know, the Olympic design uh, and, and delivery service has to adhere to that convention, right? It can't be, it can't be old. It can't look like, you know, PBS or something like that. Yeah, webcasting has existed forever, right? And so it's basically you're just delaying a couple of minutes yeah. or seconds or, you know, five minutes or whatever. And then it's just, you know, once it's cached, you're streaming it. So the problem is not so much the webcasting, right? The problem is the the two problems that kind of are further down the stream from that are the infrastructure of our cable networks in the world. Mm-hmm. If you've talked to anyone who's actually gone to... Um, South Korea before much faster and they yeah. oh my god they have well they have national FIOS you know so that's the it's it's paid for under their taxes you know and so they have it's a utility and it's considered that way and so there is no you know <laughs> you have total <laughs> best access all the time but then the other piece is this this rights purchase um, um, kind of purchasing yeah. right and so when you have the partners of the Olympics and Paralympics that are Samsung, Toyota, Visa, Intel, you know, Panasonic, Coca-Cola. Um, I mean, the big people. I mean, their content, of course, they're paying for it, sure. right? And so, you know, their filters, their content, uh, their content, their lenses, their product is what is placed. And people... You know, so I think what's happening that we've seen, right, is the opening ceremony. What's all over all over the news is that the opening ceremony for the Olympics was at the lowest it's ever been in 33 years. And you mean the, you mean the attendance or the viewership? viewership? Yeah, the viewership as is the lowest that it's been in 33 years, which is, you know. Of the last 15, 16 Olympics, it's the worst, especially in a time where everyone's at home right. and they're trying to like stream, right? And they can't. And so that speaks to a problem, right? That really speaks to, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of the situation that's, uh, that's there. It's a disconnect between, um, it's not always, uh, it's, I feel like, well, I understand what the stakeholders want, you know, I understand what they want us to build, but is it really what customers are going to put up with? And so what you're going to see now is it's all going to be low. We're going to have two weeks of low attendance, um, essentially, 14-ish days, and it's over. And then people are just going to watch it in reverse, right? They're going to go on YouTube and watch it, um, or they're going to go watch clips because it's it's un, it's it's kind of un 
accessible and unwatchable as it's going on. And I think this is, it's different when it's last year, COVID-19, and we're seeing HBO Now or Disney Plus, like vying for like, oh, we're going to get certain movies and we're going to get features and add it. But if you play premium, you can watch Mulan early or, or HBO is like, no, if you just pay us, we're not going to screw you. You know, you can watch our theater releases as they get released in the theater, you know? And so like, there's now this, there's still this kind of, there's always been this competition for attention. It's an attention economy. But now I just think it's like, you've kind of buried yourself. Some part of, I think, everyone is wondering, is this what NBC is trying to do to leverage Peacock or to get more people on Peacock subscriptions? So they, yeah. if they get all the people to pay five bucks for just this month to watch it live. But this is the funny thing. The live, live is not live. Live coverage. Um, if you just have internet and you don't have cable and you you can't watch it through Hulu. You have, you can't watch it. You have to pay for that live TV option, gotcha. like through either mm-hmm. through Hulu or you have to pay it through Peacock or something like that. And so you're not getting live TV. Um, and then also when you're watching it, it's not like ESPN where it's just like, Hey, we just set up the cameras and it goes. And what, you know, what event announcers we have there are who the people are that are really there physically. Right, right. Um, no, you're getting a remixed kind of cut show. Uh. When, so you're paying for like, okay, Lester Holt's coverage of it that has been cut up and pieced together for you over a two hour block on NBC every night at seven. And no one wants that. You know, no one, everyone just wants to watch the sport. They don't want the commentary, you know, or the, if they do want the commentary, they don't want broadcast news people doing it. A huge part of like games and and the design of games is the like let's format in which it's given the, the you know how the, the, the product bandwidth, the integrity the, the prod, UI yeah, yeah the productization of it right I mean the fact is that none of us can play games until it's marketed toward us and that there's some sort of like monetary value um, surrounding it right so like so there's this um, like one of the things you know it's kind of like at this kind of marketing or monetary or um you know what i think what you can imagine is that you know here are the olympic games it's a world good right it's supposed to be this um great uh uniter maybe not uniter um but you know a kind of a um a peaceful um exercise um internationally um where countries can put their best faces on and do something other than politic for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, I think what we have is a super, like a super example of, um, you know, the creation of like a hardcore anti-pattern specifically to, you know, pump up the subscriber numbers to Peacock Plus, where they are funneling access or making access difficult specifically to you know create these points of friction that's going to make them a little bit of money you see this in games like all the time these are microtransactions these are these are whatever right um and it's it's just interesting where you know i you know i i think it's valid to talk about the games and you know that's what the olympics are they're you know um no i i agree with you and 
and how and I how I equate it is not microtransactions. How I equate it is as a user or viewer. And I and I love the Olympics. I'm actually in Summer Olympics. Um, I love that their karate is this year. It has never been before. This will be the first year for karate and the only year for karate. Um, sumo was supposed to be in, but it is not. Um, <clears throat> that has chapped a lot of people. Uh, you know, made the, that has upset a lot of people internationally. Um, because judo has been in for like 40 years. Sure. You know? And it's like, come on, what the, can, I, I thought the goal here of the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, is to like building a better world through sports. And that's excellence, respect, and friendship, and then, you know, the inclusion and, you know, kind of everything. But what it feels like as the user experience is like for the game, games, is that it feels like if I did not buy early onboard access or like I didn't buy the dynamic uh, or what is it called the the director's cut edition <laughs> or like when a game comes out yeah. and you buy it you're like oh you can buy the game or you can pre-order the deluxe get to the pre-order the yeah you can pre-order the, the beta or you can pay $200 to get the deluxe steel case with a map and a poster and a t-shirt <laughs> and it's like if I didn't do that then I don't get the experience that I kind of expect that's what it feels yeah, like that's mostly to me it's just like how this happens once every four years and it's like people just want to watch their sports or watch their athletes compete from their hometown there are real people involved in this and that's what people like about it you don't need to sell us the story of the real people yeah we know they're real people you know so it's so what why why is it so difficult you know why it it just kind of feels that way to me yeah i don't know if it feels that way to you no i mean like what it feels like is that you know there's like a a product team who were like hey how can we uh milk the shit out of this um particularly because we you know um have such a we control all of the bottlenecks right so they can you know like hook them all together into like one long funnel from product a to product b to product c all of which they own um and in part i bet the confusion alone is accidentally having people subscribe to services that's then boosting the money you know it's Mm -hmm. like you know what it is is like a like um you know probably a case study in how and you know maybe like what people hate about product teams <laughs> right <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's really important because this, this is the kind of shit that gets in the way of um everything like i, I like you know so you know, like i said like there there are all these articles about like the um the olympic design system um the Mm -hmm. the amount of work that goes into like creating and facilitating these services just like you said the jobs to be done of the users are are pretty clear you know crisp coverage um being able to find out when the big name athlete is competing according to the country you care about right um keep you up to date about the country sports that you care about um you know stuff like that seem pretty clear and from all yeah. intents and purposes, it looks like these provisions totally exist, except, you know, the top of the funnel part, just getting to it yeah. is uh, is a minefield. So th- it's like they kind of know that people want to watch it, you know, but it's like, but they're still not giving, you know, them, you know, I guess what they're, they're wanting, but they're getting close to it, you know. And so it's just, it feels... 
as from a user perspective, it just feels disingenuous. It feels like I can't play the game because I have all of these filters or things I need to pay for. Yeah. Um, and I just want to get to the game and watch the game, you know. Is there... So I think, you know, you know, we can all put on our, you know, our... Our, our, our armchair uh, business administration hat and, and see what, you know, these, you know, the big sponsors want out of the Olympics and how they are, um, how they've decided to get it. What can fans of the Olympics do can, or can they do nothing right uh, because uh, you know there is a pretty what well, seems like strong iron grip monopoly over um, how footage <laughs> like how, how the footage is controlled um, I, I think I think it speaks for itself if the opening ceremony um, was the lowest viewership it's been in 33 years then people are just going to wait until it's done and they're going to watch it after the fact um, and maybe just keep the counter to see like where the medals are. Like, oh, are we good? Are we ahead? How many medals I, we have? I have a question for you. So I think we can see like maybe like how the Olympics got here if we kind of imagine. Uh, we simplify, but we kind of imagine that like, hey, you know, the, uh, the, the IOC or at least like NBC and Comcast have been designing around the key performance indicator of viewership, right? And so uh -huh. what brings in most viewers? Well, judo uh, and not sumo or, or whatever, you know, like all of these decisions about what sports get footage, what sports get brought in, how people get, like, you know, like what, you know, um, like how things are aired, how things are cut up, um, or in the fact that, you know, perhaps, you know, in, tw in, in 2021, how things have ended up in a series of single sitting digestible clips, which they may discover is exactly not what people want. But we can all imagine that, you know, that sort of a viewership KPI is sort of at the middle of this. Do you think that it, that indicator tanking is going to mean an improvement in two years um, uh, when the or do you think it's going to have an effect? Yeah, I don't. So there's two issues there, right? Um, I uh, like thematically, there's the issue of the IOC and the sports. And there's also the issue of like how it's being delivered and consumed. Right. So the sports the sports that don't get into the Olympics create their own global kind of things anyways, right? And they have world games that go around. And so um, there just seems to be, uh, so there's like, so that's one issue, right? That I think a lot of people aren't happy with to like, why don't you cycle in new sports and, and get rid of older sports? And, and, uh, and some things stay forever and some things don't. Um, but then the other piece is like, when you're talking about if viewership is the KPI, if it's the metric that people are looking at, well, yeah, I'm sure the way that BBC does it is completely different than NBC. Um, and so uh, I feel like, you know, at some point, uh, 
I don't know if those are going to change. I, if you, if you know, if if you're doing something that's not happy and you're losing viewers, then the show gets canceled. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it is. You know, it's like you may think this show is the greatest, but I mean, when viewership drops, it's time to change. Like, what what are we doing wrong? Um, and I feel like we now more than ever live in a time period where people don't want commercials. We, we know that from DVRs, people will pay not to see commercials. They will pay to not have to watch them. Um, and they will, and they just want to get to that content that they're looking for. And the advertising part is just kind of like a fly that's in the way that's just bugging you, you know? Um, so I, I think we'll have to see how this works out. I, churned from the Olympics who knows how many years ago you we when we started chatting before we recorded you know we were we were talking about the Olympics and I was like man I have not I haven't cared about the Olympics and 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 such in, in, in a certain amount of time um and boy it's it's fascinating to like look at from like the outside in as like you know, I was just talking mm-hmm. about like, oh, how product people ruin everything. I'm a product person. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about it, it's interesting to watch. And, and I'm, I'm very excited to see what like, you know, hashtag design Twitter um, and the product folks on the Internet and mm-hmm. the blog sphere have to say. Um, You'll have to see how it shakes out. Like it occurred to me because now that you mentioned that, hey, skateboarding is now an Olympic sport. And, you know, years ago, years ago, and still, I guess they have the X Games and those are crazy to watch. Right. Um, But I wonder. Man, I wonder I wonder if there's going to be a time in our lifetime where esports ends up uh, in the Olympics somehow. I don't. I don't know. That's a pretty good question because, and then also with that, like a, a lot of what the people don't understand is like the duplicativeness, right? So it's like volleyball beach and volleyball indoor. Yeah. yeah. Like, why would we need two volleyballs? You know. You know what I mean? And then I think it's kind of like, um, I think there's like equestrian dressage, eventing, and jumping. Yeah. And it's like okay, so three horse events. Um, and then freestyle wrestling versus Greco-Roman wrestling. And you're talking about stuff that's been in there since 1920. Yeah, sure. And it's like, uh, can you rotate that out and like <laughs> give something else a space? But then also with that is, you know, every time Olympics comes up, it also is a game. And it's uh, there. So there's an official Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 video game. And it's out on, you know, PlayStation and Xbox and Switch and Steam and Stadia. Um, And so and it is very much this experience that is, you know, people want what people want about it. Um, And then also what comes out with that are all the spinoffs like Sonic Mario Olympics or, or, you know, other stuff like that. But um what people want is like, I just want to make up my character. Uh, I want to compete and do well and see how well I do, you know, and just qualify and do well and keep playing and get better times. So I think, you know, the gaming piece here from the, the gamer experience piece, right. Or the player experience is that people want to, um, 
people like competition. They want to compete and be healthily with other people. They want to get mm-hmm. better. They want to improve. And when you kind of apply that to like watching or just the Olympic Games, like real sports, like it's tough. But I mean, we want, we're rooting for people. We want them to get better. We want to play and we want them to succeed. Yeah. And everyone globally, it doesn't matter if it's like a figure skater from France or it's like a gymnast from Romania or like, you know, a track person from Nigeria or, or you know, kind of a Jamaican bobsled team or whatever. <laughs> you know, we all cheer when they do well. Yeah. And when someone fails or gets injured, we're like, we all cringe because we don't wish that on anyone and so we are all here for it because it is the sports that does kind of unify you know that brings us all together and you know and i feel like at this core level which is building a better world through sports and like sports brings people together um that will always be the same no matter if the coverage or the sponsorship or the product team screws it up, right? So I feel like the desire will always be there, the sportsmanship part of it, right? Um, And that's what I think is kind of maybe getting a little lost. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, please go to designthinkinggames.com where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on.